In today's show, we'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as Bitcoin just printed a $20,000 monthly candle, its biggest ever in USD, and we just getting started. Also be sharing the latest updates from Plan B, creator of the Bitcoin stock the flow model. Also, Justin, Vanguard CEO Tim Buckley, the step down by the end of 2024 as Bitcoin roast, another denier. You damn straight. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin mining stocks dip more than 27% despite the recent Bitcoin rally. We'll also be sharing U.S. lawmakers advance their resolution to get banks in on crypto custody. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin ETF set for an even bigger wave in the next few months, according to the Bitwise CEO. Also be sharing the latest analytics from Eric Belchunez regarding the ETFs as iBit BlackRock's ETF hits the $10 billion club. We'll also be discussing BlackRock's Brazil launching depository receipts, fun mirroring the U.S. Bitcoin ETF, and that officially goes live today, March 1st. We'll also be discussing Bank of America and Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo begin offering spot Bitcoin ETFs to their clients That's right. And we'll also be discussing the likelihood of Bitcoin reaching $1 million per coin this cycle, as well as Bitcoin breaking out to a new all-time high here, leading up to the halving. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Today is pod episode 1566. I'm your host, JV, and today is March 1st. 2024. It's the first of the month. So get up, get up. Shout out old school bone thugs, by the way. That was a pretty classic track. So yeah, February is in the books. History made yet again. And checking out Coin360 uh, to get the latest data here. You can see Bitcoin correcting down 2% on the day, but still above 61,500 and holding strong above 60,000. We still have Ether uh, trading at 3,400, but everything is currently correcting and in the red after a hell of a pompish week we had, which was pretty lit, obviously. Now, you can check out the coin market cap. Crypto market cap shows 2.32 trillion. So we're still on the climb. The market cap keeps getting higher and higher. And we have roughly 123 billion in volume for the past 24 hours with the Bitcoin dominance at 52.9% with the Ether dominance at 17.8%. 8%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past 24 hours, we have XLR up 30%, Singularity up 25%, and the infamous Pepe coin up 24% on the day and 206% for the week. Insanity. Below that, Fetch, Dog, Eunice, The Graph, and Chili's. Now, which altcoins family are you most bullish on during this bull run? Please holla at your boy and let me know in that live chat. And checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective on the daily. We still got some respectable gainers like Pepe, Ajax, Fet, AXL. However, the majority are correcting it in the red. And if we zoom out on the monthly, virtually every altcoin, pretty impressive gains. That's why I say this has probably been an alt season. We don't typically see this kind of action. 
and checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. We're back at an 80 in extreme greed, same as yesterday. Last week was a 76 and last month a 60 in greed and checking out the Bitcoin halving countdown. Man, I cannot wait. We're only 50 days away with the estimated halving date scheduled to take place on April 20th. Again, 50 days out. Where do you think that Bitcoin price action is likely to be at the time of the halving? Holla at your boy. And let's kick this show into high gear and check out some of the latest Bitcoin technical analysis, where the Bitcoin price action is likely to take us next. As I shared with you earlier, Bitcoin printed a $20,000 monthly candle history in the making. That's right. So here you go. The February 29th monthly close sealed a clear win for the Bitcoin bulls. So shout out to all my long-term hodlers at 43% per data from CoinGlass. February delivered the biggest gains. Oh my God, 43% gains in February. Uh, this, this is the best since December of 2020, fam. In absolute terms, the picture is even more encouraging as noted by the analyst Checkmate, referring to the monthly performance alongside the glass node data. He showed February resulted in a monthly candle, nearly $20,000 high, quoting him here. Unreal. February 2024 printed a 19.84K Bitcoin candle, the largest monthly USD increase in history. This added $390 billion to the Bitcoin market cap, up a remarkable 47%. So congrats on those 47% gains, Bitcoin hodlers. Now for context, 20,000 formed an all-time high price level in itself. That was back December of 2017. How many of you were around back then? Let me know. Remained to be unbeaten for three years and it took Bitcoin almost a decade to get there. Let that sink in. Now, as reported, the monthly close has been a source of angst amongst market participants. Monthly candles can spark volatility as they expire, potentially a problem for Bitcoin in its current state as the order books lack substantial bid liquidity to act as support. Here's a snapshot here of the order book liquidity on Binance, uploaded February 29th by Trading Resource. Material indicators showing 59,000 as the nearest potential safety net. And continuing, another analyst, Material Indicators co-founder Keith Allen, additionally revealed major changes in order book composition of the lower levels. A raft of bids, which had previously appeared in the mid-20,000 zone, has been moved up to 52 Gs, baby. Quoting him here, in the last 24 hours, we have seen the most significant change in the order book since January. A rip to 64,000 and a 49% monthly candle wasn't on anybody's bingo card. Neither was a wick down to 58,000 or nearly 8 billion in Bitcoin ETF inflows that pushed the price much further beyond 60,000 than most of us expected. Now, he was referring to the key event in the latter half of last month with the Bitcoin ETFs raking in record net inflows. Bitcoin currently trading still above 61,000 at the time of the live stream with volatility staying manageable after the monthly close. So things are looking pretty strong if you're to ask me. And here's the latest from Plan B, creator of the Bitcoin stock to flow model. Notice the first red dot here in the chart. Accumulation phase has ended. No more easy buying opportunities in orderly and slowly increasing markets. The bull market has started. If history is of any guide, we'll see 10 months of face-melting FOMO 
send it. Extreme price pumps combined with multiple 30% drops. And analyzing the stock to flow chart, you notice a pattern. Notice the blue is accumulation and always every cycle followed by accumulation is a bunch of red dots, which signifies the bull market. We just printed the first red dot. Now what comes after the first red dot? Many other consecutive red dots to follow. So as Max Kaiser and many of the analysts have been saying, this is only the beginning. This is the second or first inning of this nine inning ball game. So be prepared family. And also major news, Vanguard, the second largest asset manager in the world. They control over 7 trillion in assets under management. Their CEO, Tim Buckley, is stepping down by the end of this year, meaning another one bites the dust as Bitcoin roasts yet another denier. If you missed the memo, he said we will never accept the Bitcoin ETF product for our clients. Well, guess what, man? Now you're no longer in the way. So you already know all Bitcoin enemies shall be destroyed. Nothing can stop us all the way up. So there you have it, fam. But anyways, our next story of the day, let's discuss the Bitcoin miner stocks. The headline reads, Bitcoin mining stocks, stocks dip more than 27% despite the recent Bitcoin rally. That's right. The mining stacks stocks have tanked as much as 27% in the last three trading days, despite the recent rally to top Bitcoin out at 64,000, which FYI is a new three-year high. One analyst suggests it could be due to the misplaced weariness over the upcoming halving while hinting that it could be another great opportunity to acquire cheap mining stocks. Now, how many of you are invested in Bitcoin mining stocks? Let me know. Since February 27th, the two largest Bitcoin miners, which is Marathon Digital and Riot have fallen 18.5% and 22% respectively, according to Google Finance. CleanSpark was amongst the hardest hit, falling almost 28%, while TerraWolf also tanked 25%. But on the other hand, Bitcoin skyrocketed up from around 51000 to a year high of 63.7 before eventually cooling off slightly to the current price above 61000 now, gold proponent and Bitcoin skeptic Peter Schiff was amongst those to notice the trend on X, pondering whether the Bitcoin mining stock drop was a sign of trouble ahead for BTC. And a crypto trader named Chris said he invested in CleanSpark, but quickly changed his tune on miners as Bitcoin rose towards 65 thousand dollars. Quoting him here, things are starting to look frothy. So I bailed. And here's Peter Schiff's tweet. What's going on with the Bitcoin miners? A Bitcoin miner ETF is down 22% from its high just two days ago. Is this a sign of trouble ahead for Bitcoin itself and for those new Bitcoin ETFs? Now, the having event, we'll see the Bitcoin miner rewards, as you know, get sliced from six and a quarter BTC worth 586,000 to 3.125 worth 293,000 at the current price. Now, when the analyst noted the two major divergences in the last 12 months were Bitcoin and the Bitcoin mining stocks plummeting. Quoting him here, both times turned out to be a great opportunity to acquire mining stocks at a discount. These are healthy pullbacks and are to be expected given the volatility of these assets. Let me know if you agree with that sentiment. The three to four months following the Bitcoin halving scheduled to take place on April 20th could be the crucial period for publicly listed miners in the U.S., according to one of Hashlab's mining founders and chief mining strategist, Jaron Millard, who believes some high-cost miners may move offshore to remain profitable. We also got news I shared on the pod a week or two ago that Russians were investing in a Bitcoin mining hub in Ethiopia, which is a great example of finding cheap electricity. Now, 
Yeah, so let me know your thoughts with all of this. Quoting one more quote here from the analyst. They have some of the lowest energy costs possible and have been acquiring the latest generation hardware in preparation of the decreasing block subsidy. So there you have it. Uh, crypto fam, let me know your thoughts on the Bitcoin miners. I agree. When things go down, it's always a great buying opportunity, especially if you believe in it for the long haul. No different than the Bitcoin price action. When we correct, we buy the dip, we dollar cost average, and we laugh never going to the bank because we don't have to go to the bank anymore. Just saying. Anyways, family, let's dive into our next story of the day. Keep the comments flowing. I appreciate the interaction. Now let's discuss the banks want to custody the BTC. That's right, family. Give me a second to pull it up. U.S. lawmakers advance resolution to get the banks in on their crypto custody. I guess they understand the motto, nacho keys, nacho cheese. And they're like, why are we giving all of our Bitcoin to Coinbase? They want to hold it themselves. Here you go. The U.S. House of Financial Services Committee voted in favor of a resolution that seeks to overturn a U.S. SEC guideline that has prevented the banks from getting in on crypto custody. In a February 29th markup hearing, the 31 HSFC members from both sides of the political aisle voted in favor of the resolution with 20 members voting against it. Quoting them here, by overturning SAB 121, the resolution will ensure consumers are protected by removing roadblocks that prevent highly regulated banks from acting as custodians of digital assets. The SEC's Staff Accounting Bulletin Number 121, introduced in March of 2022, set the guidelines that requires institutions that custody crypto assets to record crypto holdings as liabilities on their balance sheets. Now, Republican Congressman Mike Flood, the lawmaker who introduced the resolution, said that the SAB 121 was unfair for the banks looking to custody crypto as custodial assets are always considered off the balance sheet, which includes securities and digital assets, such as Bitcoin, quoting them here. The ramifications of requiring banks to hold these assets on balance sheets are pretty significant. If a bank were to custody digital assets according to the parameters of SAB 121, the on-balance sheet treatment would affect their other regulatory obligations like their capital and liquidity requirements. The resolution was introduced February 1st by the flood and Democratic Representative Wiley Nickel, who said that SAB 121 went beyond the scope of an accounting bulletin and had affected become a de facto law. In quoting Patrick McHenry, here, there is a bipartisan agreement. SAB 121 undermines consumer protection and leaves customers' digital assets vulnerable. I look forward to getting this measure across the finish line to overturn it. So there you have it, family. And notably, the resolution still needs to pass a full floor vote in the House of Senate before SAB 121 gets thrown out. And speaking at the markup hearing, crypto-friendly Republican Congressman Tom Emmer, the one who tore Gary Gensler a new a-hole during their Congress meetings, so respect, said that SAB 121 was an illegal example of the SEC chairman Gary Gensler's unrelenting prejudice towards the digital asset ecosystem preach. Emmer said that SAB 121 introduced unnecessary and unavoidable concentration risks of the crypto ecosystem. Quoting him again, the Bitcoin ETFs are a great example. Not a single bank provides the custodial services for any of the 11 approved ETFs. This is 
risky. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Now, Maxine Waters, <laughs> the one who was blowing kisses, the Bankman Freed, was one of the lawmakers who voted against the resolution. Instead, the move to resend SAB 121 was an ironic move from crypto-friendly politicians. Quoting her here, we often hear uh, Republicans in the crypto industry complain about a lack of clarity from the SEC, but ironically, the resolution before us effectively blocks the SEC staff from providing that clarity around crypto. So there you have it, family. Do you think the banks will eventually self-custody the crypto and not have to give it to the custodians such as Coinbase? I think that would be a good look because it would lead to crypto-backed loans and various different products in the legacy banking sector, in my opinion. Let me know your thoughts, family. Lots to cover, so let's just dive right into our next story of the day and uh, discuss what's on everyone's mind anyway, which is the Bitcoin ETFs. The headline reads, Bitcoin ETFs set for an even bigger wave in the next few months, according to the Bitwise uh, CEO, Spot Bitcoin ETFs could soon see an even bigger wave of institutional capital once the major wirehouses offer Bitcoin ETF trades. Uh, quoting the Bitwise CEO, I think there's an even bigger wave coming in a few months as we start to see major wirehouses turn on. He explained in an interview on CNBC, we're talking about Matt Hoogan, adding that the first wave of Bitcoin ETF interest has primarily come from retail, hedge funds, and independent financial advisors. So we are going to see the next wave of institutional capital coming, he said, referring to the ETFs as Bitcoin IPO moments. And uh, quoting Saylor here, who's quoting the Bitwise CEO, he actually tweeted it, with Bitcoin right now, there is too much demand and not enough supply, precisely. Hence, there is no second pass. Interestingly, the two largest wire houses are Bank of America's Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo, who recently reported started offering spot Bitcoin ETFs to its wealth clients, according to a February 29th Bloomberg report. And here, I think I actually have uh, the headline right here. Bank of America and Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo begin offering spot Bitcoin ETFs to their clients. Ironic, as they came out and said they weren't going to offer it, but it seems they must have got a lot of pushback, and now they have to give their customers what they want. We're go out of business at the end of the day. You know what I mean? However, it is currently only available to clients who request the products, according to Bloomberg. Morgan Stanley is also reportedly considering spot Bitcoin ETFs on its brokerage platform. Now, Hoogan said the Bitcoin ETFs have triggered a new error of price discovery. The supply demand dynamics is just off the hook, he said, for the amount of Bitcoin ETFs purchased relative to the Bitcoin mine day to day and the upcoming having event. That's right. Run the math. There's roughly 900 Bitcoin being produced per day. That's about to get cut in half to 450. We have over 10,000 Bitcoin entering the ETFs. That's a factor of more than 10x. And it's, again, the supply is about to get cut in half. So Hoogan says the next wave of institutional interest can push the Bitcoin price substantially higher. Yes. When asked how high, he said Bitcoin can blow Bitwise's initial 2024 prediction of 80,000 out of the freaking park and reach anywhere between 100 and 200,000 per coin or even higher. It's going up forever, Laura. The Bitwise ETF BitB recorded the fourth largest inflow of $1.11 billion since the spot ETF's launch seven weeks ago, according to BitMEX research. Inflows reached almost $700 million on February 28th, marking a new all-time high for the ecosystem. Also, BlackRock's iBit and Fidelity, FBTC, led the way with $7 billion and $4.7 billion in flows, respectively. In fact, as Belchunez points out here, iBit, 
BlackRock, is the newest member of the $10 billion club, the fastest ever to get there. Only 152 ETFs in this club out of 3,400, including GBTC. First $10 billion to touch Bitcoin, so much has come from flows. In iBit's case, 78% of assets under management in flows. Second, $10 billion, easier Bitcoin market appreciation, bigger variable. I mean, look at a chart. The way they're stacking them sats, like there's no tomorrow. In fact, they're going to be holding on to these Bitcoin forever, Laura. So do not sell. Do not have the day Portnoy paper hands because you will miss out and they will not give you back your Bitcoin unless you're willing to pay 10, 20, 100 times more in the future. Just saying. Now, let me know your thoughts with these inflows. Do you think the inflows will likely be able to keep up at this pace? Holla. But anyways, fam, let's dive into our next story of the day. Welcome everyone joining the stream. Pump the likes to pump the stream. And let's get this mofo lit. Shall we? Crypto to zero. Oh, yeah. So big other breaking news. Brazil's ETFs. Let's break this down. They go live today via BlackRock as the headline reads. BlackRock Brazil launching depository receipts. Fund mirroring the U.S. Bitcoin. ETF. BlackRock's iShares Spot Bitcoin ETF fund will be available in Brazil thanks to the launch of a new Bitcoin depository receipt ETF. Now, trading will begin today, officially March 1st. The world's largest asset manager announced February 29th. Why is this a big deal? I looked up the population of Brazil, which I think is the largest country in South America. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the population in 2022 was over 200 million people. So does that mean 200 million people now have access to Bitcoin as of today? That's pretty lit, family. BlackRock will partner with Brazilian financial market infrastructure provider B3 to offer the new product. BlackRock Brazil president Karina Sade said the company's headquarters in Sao Paulo stated, the launch of the iShares Bitcoin Trust ETRBDR iBit39 advances the innovation of ETFs and allows access to Bitcoin for investors through a security, the ETF BDR, that can be incorporated into their portfolios. Let's go. Now, BDRs of foreign ETFs are securities issued in Brazil and backed by shares of ETFs issued abroad. The Brazilian ETFs is thus effectively the same Bitcoin ETF that BlackRock launched in the United States back on January 11th. It will mirror the U.S. ETF performance and carry an administrative fee of a quarter percent, offset by a one-year exemption on the first $5 billion of assets under management. BDRs are fully taxable. The Brazilian fund will be available to investors that already have at least 1 million reals, 201 US dollars invested into the market. So I guess this is obviously then for high net worth individuals who already have access to 200,000 FYI. BlackRock's Brazil is still waiting for approval of the retail sales. There are 13 ETFs with crypto exposure listed on B3, which began its listing in 2021. They have a combined value of two and a half billion reals worth roughly a half a billion US dollars. The Brazilian crypto ETFs have seen 30 million reals, roughly 5 million USD, in trade volume thus far this year. Pretty big news. The BlackRock Spot Bitcoin ETF was one of the 10 approved by the US SEC January 10th, as I mentioned, going live on the 11th. And the fund reached 2 billion in assets under management two weeks ago, now has already surpassed 10 
billion, which is unheard of. And according to various media reports, BlackRock will consider the launch of the spot Ether ETF in Brazil if it receives SEC approval to launch the one in the United States. So there you have it, uh, crypto fam. What are your thoughts on that? And speaking of the Ethereum ETF, how many of you think we will likely get an approval from the SEC this year in 2024 for the Ethereum ETF, which clearly BlackRock has been calling for and wanting? Let me know your thoughts. Now for our feature story of the day, let's discuss the Bitcoin price reaching $1 million per coin. This year, potentially, if not this year, then next year in 2025, depending upon when you feel the Bitcoin uh, price will peak for this cycle. So let's break this down, starting with this headline from Forbes. Bitcoin price prediction. Can Bitcoin reach $1 million per coin by 2025? What are your thoughts, family? And I'm going to start here with some tweets from Samson Mao. Uh, he shared, uh, seems like we're going to get that new Bitcoin all-time high before the halving. It'll put the rest or to rest the idea of cycles, which can be scary for people because it means Bitcoin could just do anything at any time, which has always been the case. And he's reiterating his prediction he made back in uh, January of 2023. Bitcoin could make a new all-time high before the halving. And check out the divine omen here, 11, 11 p.m. I love it. Bring it. That's a good divine omen. Happy 11-11. And uh, another tweet he shared, I think this was a couple of weeks back. Let's date it. February 11th, on my birthday, another divine omen. Let's freaking go. Shout out Samson Mao. 121,000 views. He made this uh, uh, thread, and it's pretty good. So I want to read it to you, and then I'll get into the article we touched upon. Happy Chinese New Year. That's right. Happy New Year. 2024 is the year of the green dragon, which is the wood dragon. It's element is wood. This dragon comes once a century, representing wealth, riches, and auspiciousness. That's right. Green symbolized by jade. So the green dragon, prosperity. Combining this particular dragon with Bitcoin may usher in the Omega Candle. Now, how many of you are familiar with the Omega Candle? It ultimately means a $100,000 uptick on the Bitcoin daily candle. So $100,000 rise of the Bitcoin price in one single day. God candle we define as a $10,000 uptick on the daily chart, and the demigod candle we define as $5,000 in a single day. And we've already witnessed some uh, demigod candles here uh, this week, so you already know. But anyways, back to the thread. In Chinese culture, the green dragon is primarily associated with the wealth and financial legacy. This means that 2024 will be a banner year for Bitcoin, as Bitcoin is a savings technology that enables generational wealth. The synergy between Bitcoin and the dragon are significant. Also got to throw out, rest in peace, Bruce Lee, also uh, a dragon sign. Additionally, 2024 marks the beginning of the nine fortunes, an era of upward development, which lasts from 2024 to 2043. Let's go. And corresponds to fire and the sun. When gold ETFs launched, it led to an eight-year bull run. Let that sink in, family. Imagine if we just had an eight-year Bitcoin bull run, right? Well, Theoretically, Bitcoin has been on a 15-year bull run if you zoom out. That's why we say when in doubt, just zoom out. Will Bitcoin ETF see a 20-year bull run? What are your thoughts, uh, family? Let me know in that live chat. Continuing, the Nine Fortunes era brings prosperity to specific industries such as technology, cyberspace, and new types of energy production, perhaps fusion. So basically, Bitcoin. The next 20 years, which are dominated by fire energy, will be favorable for Bitcoin. You're damn right. 
Now check that out right here. He breaks it all down. Good stuff. Maybe you don't believe the Chinese Zodiac or Feng Shui, but 8 billion people do. Remember, the Bitcoin ETFs are coming soon to Hong Kong. Facts. They're speeding up the actual procedure because they don't want to miss out. This was news I broke a few weeks back. Best of luck to you and your family in this special year of the dragon. So there you go, family. Year of the dragon. Prosperity year. Are we going to see a 20-year ETF Bitcoin bull market? What are your thoughts uh, on that? Now let's dive deeper into this Forbes article discussing the prices. I want to show you first here history. So Bitcoin halving, the very first one to ever happen was in 2012. Now the price on the halving day, I know it's crazy. It was only $12.35. I know we all wish we were in Bitcoin in 2012 buying biddies at $12, but hey, it is what it is. Now 150 days later, which is 30, 60, 90, 120, that's five months later. Bitcoin was trading at $127. Is that a factor of roughly 10x? Then in 2016, we had the second halving, and now Bitcoin's trading at 650 bucks. And then five months later, 150 days out, it was $758. And the following year, we topped 20,000, which was the cycle peak for the following cycle, right? Now, in 2020, Bitcoin was trading at $8,800. It seems like yesterday. And in fact, after the COVID crash, I saw Bitcoin drop between three to 4,000. I seized that opportunity. How many of you did? It was a fantastic time. And I believe Ether was back under $100 at that time, just FYI, which is now 30X, uh, you know, the current price. Now, Five months later, 150 days out, it was trading at $10,943, and it was the following year we hit the cycle peak where we touched the current high of roughly 69000 I believe that was exactly on November 10th of 2021. So in the above table, you can see the past Bitcoin halving events have been able to establish long-term bullish drivers for the Bitcoin price action. The Bitcoin halving relates to its deflationary tendency and crushing its supply, which again is about to happen in freaking 50 days. Now, the Bitcoin whales, which are large investors, have started accumulating Bitcoin. Once again, if you watch the interview I did with Santiment, just uh, I released it on my YouTube channel yesterday, be sure to check it out because we cover all of these on-chain analytics that you need to know what the whales are doing right now, where the smart money is, and all that good stuff. Uh, they're even quoting Santiment here in the article, so make sure to check that out. Now, can Bitcoin realistically reach six figures this year in 2024? Well, many people, including our very own Jennifer here in the live chat, has been predicting $100,000 leading up to the halving. We also have Adam back, early Bitcoin OG. He actually made a bet that Bitcoin would hit $100,000 per coin by March 31st. We got another 30 days to go. What are your thoughts on those uh, predictions? And of course, there's others. We also have Standard Chartered Bank believing Bitcoin is set to hit $100,000 by the end of the current year. Bitcoin halving can be one of the sources to make this a reality. Now, let's dive a little deeper. Can Bitcoin realistically hit a million dollars by 2025? What's your thoughts on that? Now, what first comes to my mind is Samson Mao. That's why we were just quoting him a little earlier. He's the first and foremost one that has been calling for a million dollar Bitcoin price this year. He said potentially even days to weeks after the approval of the Bitcoin ETF because he understands Bitcoin and what it represents and its capabilities of what's possible. So I want to know your thoughts, family. Now, Standard Chartered, FYI, the primary shareholder of that bank is none other 
than BlackRock. BlackRock is also a big shareholder in MicroStrategy. And believe it or not, Vanguard is the largest shareholder of MicroStrategy. And it's ironic that I mentioned earlier, uh, was his name Tim Buckley? Yeah, Tim Buckley, the CEO of Vanguard, is stepping down. Why? He's not allowing Bitcoin exposure to his clients. So more than likely, he's going to be replaced with a CEO that will allow that because that's what the market wants, which is always very interesting. So yeah, for Bitcoin to reach uh, this price target of a million dollars from 50,000, that's just a very humble, modest 20X. By the time we hit 100,000, which we know is coming soon, I believe this year, potentially before the halving, what are your thoughts? That's just another 10X. Bitcoin has 10X so many times, it's not even funny. Uh, Bitcoin is on, a, like I mentioned earlier, a 15-year freaking bull run. We also have uh, Balaji, the former CTO of uh, Coinbase, who made that very bullish prediction last year when we were having the regional banking crisis uh, first quarter last year. He said Bitcoin is going to a million dollars within 90 days. And not only did he make the bull prediction, he put his money where his mouth is. He actually bet a million dollars on it. Now, clearly, shout out to Jeremy. Thank you for subbing to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. Clearly, we didn't hit the target, but the thought process is correct. Bitcoin will do what it's going to do, and it has the potential to reach infinity and beyond. Why do I say that so confidently? Because the purchasing power of the dollar is mathematically guaranteed to continue decreasing over time as they continue to print more money, whereas the purchasing power of Bitcoin is mathematically guaranteed. It's a mathematical certainty. It will increase in purchasing power against the dollar. So there is no telling how high Bitcoin can rise because fiat Ponzi tulip bulb mania, fiat Ponzi scheme money, monopoly money has no bottom. So you got to understand that concept, right? And then you start to realize anything is possible. Shout out Earl Harris. He put the dragon sets its path. The dragon whips his tail. Dragon tail, one of my favorite Kung Fu moves, which is a backward sweep. You know what I mean? pretty lit. Thank you, Earl. I appreciate that. And yes, Bitcoin will overtake the market cap of gold. Even the old school money right now is starting to realize this. And they're moving out of gold and into Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the new gold. Gold is the poor man's Bitcoin. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts, family? Now, 1 million per coin. When do you realistically feel we hit this price target. Kathy Wood of ARK Invest says, by the year 2030, JV has been calling by the year 2029. That's because I believe if the cycles are still intact, which we'll find out later this year, next year, then it'll be the year preceding the halving, we hit the cycle peak. So hypothetically speaking, let's just say conservatively, we peaked out in 2025 at 250,000. Well, then we're only 4X, 400% away from that million dollar milestone, which I believe will be achieved by the year 2029. But I'm also humble enough to realize I can be wrong and Bitcoin could hit a million dollars this year. I understand anything is possible and I don't take out these possibilities because we've already seen what Bitcoin has done in the past 15 years. So to say Bitcoin can't do this means you don't understand Bitcoin. First and foremost, Bitcoin can do anything it wants. It's on its own vector. Nobody can control that. The stock market can crash, so be it. The dollar can crash, so be it. 
Bitcoin's going to do its thing, right? And there's a lot of money in that total addressable market north of 700 trillion. Bitcoin's still a baby at 1.2 trillion, virtually nothing. It's not even grown up yet. It's still an adolescent, right? So you run the math. You let me know when $1 million per Bitcoin, holla at your boy in the live chat. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.